everyone, my name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today we're celebrating the start of season two with two of my nearest and dearest friends, Jess and Viv, and we're going to talk about the movie Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. Thanks so much for doing this. I'm so excited. <laughs> of course. Thanks for having us. Of course. Okay, so before we dive in, a few things about this movie. It was released in June of 2005. It's directed by Ken Quapis, based on a book written by Anne Brasharis, screenplay by Delia Efron and Elizabeth Chandler. It stars Alexis Bledel, Blake Lively, Amber Tamblin, and America Ferreira. The IMDb.com summary is, Four best girlfriends hatch a plan to stay connected with one another as their lives start off in different directions. They pass around a pair of secondhand jeans that fits each of their bodies perfectly. It has 6.5 on IMDb, and it made around $42 million at the box office. All right, Jess and Viv, let's kick this off. Let's start with Jess. Jess, what are you rating this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? You know, I couldn't decide between a 6 or a 7, so I'm going to go with IMDb at a 6.5. Okay. Viv? I, this might be the first time that I will come up with a rating lower than Jess. I... <gasps> I gave this a five and a half to a six tops. Wow. Oh my gosh. I am surprised. I know. I think I I think I may have been in a weird mood when I watched it. <laughs> Fair enough. My score I'm giving this movie, I'm giving it a seven. I'm I'm ranking it the highest wow. out of the three of us. <laughs> that is a little bit of a surprise. Okay. What is your guys' relationship with this movie? It reminds me of you two. <laughs> it does remind me of it reminds me of like, yeah, the four of us. I think we watched was Courtney. No, mm-hmm. we, I don't think we saw. Did we see it with Courtney? Yeah, I think so. It reminds me of us, and I also think it reminds me of a time in my life when, like, I was defining what love means mm-hmm. and what relationships mean. And I'll go more into that later. But yeah, I think that's why I I gave it a low rating, but I still love this movie. Okay. okay, can I also say, I upon rewatching it, I was like, this movie is not as good as I remember. <laughs> but the pure nostalgia and like the memory of our friendship back then was why I gave it a 6.5. I agree. I think that's why I rated this movie a 7. So for context for the listeners, Jess, Viv, and I, we grew up, went to middle school and high school together. And you guys can confirm this, but we, we did see this movie together in theaters. It's yes. 16 years ago, which is wild. I didn't, but 2005, we were in college. For some reason, I thought we were in high school. I also thought we were in high school. And then I was like, oh, we were in college. We were too old for this movie. What were we doing? How did this happen we, then? We were home for we a summer and saw it together? I think we were home. We were home at the time. You're so I distinctly, right. I distinctly remember going into the theater and Michelle, you refused to sit next to me because you were like... I need space. I'm probably going to cry. And then we, we just sat like one seat apart from each other in the theater. I think we we're on the same row, just one seat apart. That's hilarious. I can totally see that happening. I am and was a big crier. So that's not a surprise. Wow. I'm sorry. I just 2005. I totally forgot that we were not in high school. I don't know why I thought I was 16 years old in 2005, but that's definitely not true. That does, that does seem really late because I moved in 2005. So weird. It is weird. I don't Maybe. know. Time is weird. Wait, when did the second one come out? So the second one came out in 2008. Hmm. Oh. So yeah, not too long after this one. Okay. 
But I would be remiss if I didn't say this up front that, and you guys, you guys will probably agree with me, is that this is not a rom-com. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I did t- kind of toy with if this is a movie that we should talk about on this podcast, but I figured what the hell, love is love, and sometimes love is about friendship. And yeah. that's why I wanted to talk about this movie with you guys. I also think it's like, you know, friendships are just as important as romantic relationships. So I'm mm-hmm. glad this movie was made. Yeah, agree. Um, so have you guys read the books? Did you guys know that this was a series of books? I knew it was a series, did not read it. Apparently, I felt like I was too old to read the book, but not too old to watch the movie. <laughs> I actually have a, I have like the cover of the book in my head. I think I actually did read the book. Oh, yeah, I did not read the book. So actually, um, looking ahead to a little bit of trivia here, there's five total books. And the last book was only published in 2011. So 10 years ago. Oh, wow. All right. So we're rating this movie kind of similar to each other-ish. But let's start off with what are some things you like about this movie? Let's start with Viv. So I think I watched this movie during a period of my life when like, I was like, oh, that's what love means. And I also really liked a couple of the characters in the film. I saw a little bit of myself in Lena. She's like quiet and, you know, reserved and like trying to find herself. And I think like that's what inspired me to want to go to Greece one day. Like the the scenes from the movie were really pretty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that, Viv. I think that this movie kind of painted a picture of four girlfriends who are very, very close, but all really different at the same time. And it was kind of relatable in that sense. Like, I think Mm -hmm. you, the three of us, like we're really good friends, but we're all pretty different in our own right as well. And it was kind of nice to see that there's this really close bond of girlfriends who are as tight as they are, but they're all pretty different. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why I liked this movie so much because it really focused on friendships. It reminded me a lot of um, Now and Then. I love that yes. movie. Oh, yes. Great movie. But yeah, I think it's nice to, you know, be hopeful that friendships will last a lifetime, even if you are very different. And like, it's nice to know that like, if you're going through some really hard moments in your life, someone will be there for you unconditionally. Yeah, for sure. But Viv, I second you about Grace. I think this movie painted this beautiful, dreamlike <laughs> picture of Santorini. And yes. when I went to Europe a few years ago, we were trying to figure out where to go. Um, and I told Frank, I was like, we have to go to Santorini. He's like, but why? I was like, don't ask me why. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> and I just pictured Lena going up and down the stairs on a donkey. I didn't do the donkey thing, but it was as beautiful as uh, this movie portrays Santorini to be. Yes. If only I met a Costas, that would have been um, perfect. But With Frank, that would have been awkward. Yeah, that would have been a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Viv, you said that you kind of saw yourself in Lena. Um, Jess, did you see yourself in any of these characters? Do you guys remember when we watched this movie and we were like, <laughs> you're do. this character, you're this I character. Do. <laughs> yeah, can you break it down for me, please? I believe I was... Tibby, right? That's her name. Yeah, Tibby, played by Amber Tamblin. <laughs> because I was the more offbeat one who had like an angst issue growing up, or the most <laughs> angsty. Viv was Lena. Court was Bridget because she was sporty for some reason. 
I think, or the sportiest. And then Michelle was Carmen, and she was very upset by it. <laughs> I do remember this. Yeah, I was upset about it, I think, because Carmen, I think back then when I was, you know, in 2005, I think I thought Carmen was uncomfortable in her skin. And I didn't see myself in that way, but maybe I was. I don't know. I wrote down the exact same pairings, Viv as Lena, you as Tibby, (laughs) Courtney as Bridget, and me as Carmen. But I think I was just Carmen because you guys were clearly those characters. And I was, for a lack of a better match, I just ended up with Carmen. I thought Carmen was the heart of the, the friendship. Oh, okay. I'll take it that way. Yeah, she also, like, she's also very defiant and, like, truly fights for what she believes in. Yeah. And I think you're you're true to that. Oh, I... Thanks, Viv. I I don't know if I see myself in that way, but I'll take it. That's very aspirational. I want to be more like that. Yeah. I think she she also have the hardest... Like, I, I found myself tearing up when, like, she... Towards the end, when she gets really expressive with her dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. That was the other thing about this movie. It did still make me cry. So I was like, mm-hmm. I can't give it that bad of a rating if it's pulling <laughs> out some emotion from me. Same. Yep. I definitely teared up at the same scene. But after watching this movie again, and I don't think I had seen this movie in quite some time, if I'm being totally honest, I think I relate to Lena the most. Really? Why? Okay. So on a surface level, I think she kind of had like the best storyline where she got to go to Greece and meet mm-hmm. a hot guy. That's not what I relate to, but I think maybe that's what I wanted to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the whole part, there's this one scene where I, she jumps in the, the ocean and before she stands in the ocean, she's reading the letter. I think she writes to, I forget if it's to Carmen or Tibby, but she says something like, you know, I've lived a charmed life. I have nothing to complain about in my life, but I have difficulty letting people in. And in that moment, I was like, I feel like that's me. I can see that. Really? I feel like you're pretty open, Michelle. I think I'm open with people in general, but when it comes to love, I'm less open. I don't know. That's just um, my takeaway from that. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what scene you're talking about. I also felt like, wow, hearing her say that during that scene brought me right back to however old we were in 2005. Yeah. Because I think we were all, yeah. like, kind of late bloomers when it came to, like, finding love and dating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were probably pretty, you know, like, closed off. Yeah. We were all innocent Lenas. <laughs> we were. So I we guess <laughs> after watching this now, do you still kind of identify with Tibby the most, Jess? I actually don't think so. I don't think I identify with any of the characters, but I think the one that I changed my mind on the most was actually Bridget. I think like maybe when I first watched it, I didn't really like understand the like complexity of like what happens when you like lose a parent and like how you would rebel against that. I was just like, oh, she's just like really sporty and like really horny or I don't know sporty and horny (laughs) but like I think getting to know like have more life experiences you're like oh she was really suffering and this was the way she was acting Mm -hmm. because of that yeah she also had newfound respect for her yeah and she also had like 
not a lot of outlets. Like her dad was very yeah. like not expressive or warm and yeah. It sounded like her mom had yeah. some mental health issues too, which like they kind of touch yeah. on, but yeah, you kind of I I felt similar to you dress. I felt like, okay, I really admired her self her self-esteem and her confidence. I was like, gosh, if I could have her confidence, I could conquer the world. But I also felt like, okay, she is going through a lot and she's an only child and so she you know really does rely on her friends friends. yeah yeah that was um the other part of the movie where i cried was when tibby and carmen went to have a sleepover with her and she finally like let Mm. out how sad she was that she had like her mom was gone and she really needed her and like you know that she had committed suicide Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, she definitely has feelings, but she kind of suppresses them, which... Yeah, it's hard. I think, like, she exudes all this confidence, as we're saying, but I think that's kind of intentional, right? It's like you kind of want to display this power and this kind of put-togetherness, but behind closed doors, you're kind of just crumbling. You have you don't know what to do. So yeah, I think upon yeah. this rewatch as an adult, I had a lot more compassion for Bridget, for sure. Other things you guys like about this movie? I like the music. No. <laughs> I like the soundtrack a lot. Okay. What was the music? Yeah, what did Natasha you Natasha Bedingfield, <laughs> Five for Fighting, <laughs> Rachel Yamagata. I did have to look this up. I'm not just like, these are my favorite artists. No, I, I, re- I remember really liking the soundtrack. In fact, I think I own it. But I, yeah, there are some really good classic songs in there, you guys. Hmm. So I actually filed this soundtrack under things I don't like, which... What? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned, like, Natasha Bedingfield. That was literally the only song that stood out to me. I was like, oh, I, this was a moment in time. Like, this was a very early 2000s song that was played in every movie. And it's it's the Hills song, right? Unwritten? Unwritten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, um, yeah. But yeah, that was the only thing. What about Five for Fighting? What scene was it? I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> It's the one, it's, it's Alina and Costos scene. Mm. I think when uh. she, they're on a moped and they have their like date night. It's a really romantic song, you guys. Okay. I'm going to go back when I add <laughs> songs to the Rom-Com Weekly playlist on Spotify. I'll definitely add that song. But I, I just feel like it, nothing really stood out to me, but it was fine. I, it's not something I didn't like, I should say. It was just fine. It's not something I love about the movie. Hmm. I completely forgot there was music in the movie. <laughs> I don't know if that means it's a good thing or a bad thing in terms of their choices, but yeah. One last thing I'll say I like about this movie is the inclusion of a proud and loud Puerto Rican girl and Brian McBrian, who's Asian American. I, I did write Brian <laughs> McBrian. I just didn't know how to fit him in there. <laughs> I don't know if the character that the author wrote in the book, Brian McBride, is meant to be Asian American, but I'll take it. I love yeah. it. He's played by an actor named Leonardo Nam. He's in Westworld. Oh, that's yeah. where he's from. I was like, he looks so familiar, yeah. and I couldn't figure it out. There you go. That's did you guys know? Good for him. Argentine Australian. Oh yes, yes. He's not an American. Oh, cool. I cheated. I just looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what are some things you guys don't like about this movie? So ironically, we've (laughs) we've been talking about how we we love that, like, we see ourselves, I think, represented 
in these characters because they're so different and yet they're like a sisterhood. I actually question, maybe because I was like trying to watch it with a critical eye, I questioned whether like friends that are that different can actually be friends in real life. Hmm. I did think something cynical along those lines too, where I was like, is it naive to think people will be close friends forever? Mm Mm-hmm. In the same way that is it naive to think that there is a happily ever after in rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Mm. Huh. Okay. I guess I'm the optimist of the three of us in this case, <laughs> <laughs> which is not usually the case, I think. But um, I do believe that there are people who could be very good friends who've known each other since they were kids. I think we forget yeah. that their moms knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were literally in each other's lives the moment they were born. So I think having all that history definitely means something in maintaining a friendship. It definitely does not mean everything. Mm-hmm. But I I guess I that's what I like about it is that they're so different and they can still maintain their friendship. I guess the True. caveat is, is that this is the first book slash movie of the five books and potentially three movies. But do you guys want a spoiler alert now? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the fifth book, I did some digging. It's quite dark actually i think the story jumps ahead where the girls are now in their 30s or maybe even 40s and Uh spoiler alert to the listeners out there i guess is that um tibby passes away oh yeah tibby Tibby becomes sick i believe Mm -hmm. the friendship has between the four of them have kind of crumbled and i think it's just because life got in the way and things have happened. People moved further away from, I think, Maryland is where these characters are from. Mm-hmm. And the death of Tibby brings them back together or like her illness brings them all back together. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, I think like in the books, it does depict the, the not unraveling, but, you know, distance that happens in these friendships Mm-hmm, but ultimately, yeah. life brings them back together, and they are bonded again. That's so. I mean, that's so interesting. Do you guys remember now and then? Mm-hmm. And what brings? Those oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back together. That's oh, yeah. that's funny. I'm not funny, but that's like yeah. yeah. It's the circle of life. We talked a little bit about Bridget and her mom. Um, I will admit, though, when I watched this movie in 2005, I don't think I caught on that mom was depressed and committed suicide. And I think on this rewatch, they never actually say those words. I actually didn't know she committed suicide until Jess said it like seven minutes ago. (laughs) It was very, it was very subtle. Yeah. And I I kind of wish that it wasn't subtle. I kind of wish, you know, again, this movie was released 16 years ago. So the climate was a little bit different. And we mm-hmm. weren't talking about mental health so openly, but yeah. I kind of wish that they explored that a little bit more. And I think that would have given Bridget way more depth Yeah, and made it more obvious yeah. that she struggled with a depressed mom and a mom who committed suicide. That's incredibly dark, which is probably why they didn't go down that road in terms of making mm-hmm. this movie. But yeah, I think it, it would have really kind of helped maybe a lot of people explore that a little bit more at a young age. That's true. I do feel like she kind of had the most interesting storyline, but had the least amount of substantial screen time. Mm. I actually think they gave too much to Lena, like, and her, no offense, guys, it was like a silly, dumb experience in, like, (laughs) Greece. 
He fell like, in love. What do you mean silly and dumb? It's just, it's just like it didn't need all that screen time. Like we, we get it. But I feel like you know that's sort of like the fantasy of like what teenagers want in their lives uh-huh. is Lena. But like what they actually have to deal with is more like Carmen and or like, like Timmy, like or Timmy, or Timmy who's just like, like I work in a Walmart. Yeah, yeah. like I, right. I remember, I remember looking at these girls' lives and being like. I may be Alina, but realistically, I probably have a summer job, like, to be and, like, yeah, like find some middle schooler to, to be friend because I have, like, no friends left in town. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, Alina was, for me, at 16, or whenever this movie came out, was, uh, yeah, I, Alina was the quote-unquote aspirational one because she had the least dramatic life. Yeah. Right. She had she the silly... Easy. She does, yeah, and she yeah. admits it too. So mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit self aware in that sense. Anything else? I thought the movie overall was pretty cheesy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's expected. Um, and I thought it played on a lot of like tropes or like themes that would that have been overdone and are like overly sentimental. Mm, yeah, great segue um, into themes, which obviously it's a heavy handed friendship theme. But tell me more about what you thought was heavy-handed. Um, controversial opinion. I thought that what was that young girl's name who was twelve? Bailey. 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 I was like, this is this is a little too lifetime hallmarky <laughs> yeah. for me. Like a twelve-year-old with leukemia. Yeah. 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 I I get yeah. that. That definitely is a little bit really trying to push that kind of uh theme of time and life and what do we get to do in our lives with the short amount of time that we have mm-hmm. yeah but I don't know I kind of liked it because I, I do the older I get the more I question myself about time also mm. I question mortality and you don't really see that coming from a 12 year old that often who's sick but uh do you think do you think the actor could have been better because I she had like this one line I remember that made me cringe when she was like I think Tibby was asking her like what would your last wish be if you could wish mm. upon a star or something like that? And she said, says something along the lines of like, well, I already got my wish. It was meeting you. And I remember <laughs> maybe it, maybe it didn't bother me in 2005, but I watched it and I was like, Ooh, yeah, it felt yeah, very that forced. Wasn't necessary. Uh, did you think the acting by the four friends was very good? I thought, uh... Car- <laughs> Sorry, Viv, go ahead, please. I thought Carmen did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think she was the best. Definitely the best. Mm -hmm. America Ferreira, did you guys ever watch Ugly Betty? I did not. Yes, I love America Ferreira. Love her. Uh, It's part of my trivia that each of these girls led a show. Oh, yeah. I'll scroll down real quick. Right? So, no. So, Blake Lively was in Gossip Girl. Alexis yeah. Bledel, mm-hmm. obviously, in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. America yes. Ferrera, Ugly Betty, and Amber Tamblin was Joan of Arcadia, which is the oh, one yeah. show that I have not really explored. I don't really know that show. But I actually know Amber Tamblin. She was on General Hospital, <laughs> which long time oh, ago. Really? Um, there was like one summer where I watched a lot of General Hospital. And she was... Wait, how old is she? Uh, 40? Maybe like late 30s? Wait, so, like, were all these people, all these actors who were, like, pretending to be 16, 17, were they actually all in their 30s? No. Well, she's 38 now. 
Oh, okay. She was born in 83. So she's just a few years older than 16. Yeah, Blake Lively was the youngest. I think she was actually 16 during filming. Huh. Yeah, I mean, like, we, for a rom-com podcast, I guess we should talk a little bit about the romance, but uh, thoughts Ooh. on the Lena Costas relationship? Okay, well, boring. <laughs> Do you guys remember what happens in the second one? I won't, I won't give it away. No. I don't think I saw the second really? one. Really? Well, I do I have remember. Borrow it, Jess. Yeah, I have. I have. Oh I think it's still. I think so. This movie was streaming on HBO. I think the second is also streaming on HBO. Is it worth watching? Yes. Knowing that Viv gave this a five point yes. five, what would you rate the sequel? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to say anything about Costas. I thought Costas was actually not like what. What is his accent about? His accent. <laughs> so he just couldn't wait do you mean like why does he have a greek accent or are you saying the actor I, had a really bad accent i felt like he should have had a greek accent i don't know what kind of accent he had <laughs> oh okay i see what you're saying <laughs> well so another part of my trivia is that the actor who uh plays costas is michael rady he's an american he was he's from philly so he's not greek and he had to learn this quote-unquote greek accent <laughs> But I remember when I saw this in 2005, I was like, oh, this is a pretty good accent. I had no idea that this boy was not American. And then fast forward to me seeing him in something else. I was like, oh, he's not Greek. He's in he's in like a number of things, right? I think I've seen him around. Yeah, I think he's in some hol- uh, Hallmark holiday movies. Yes, I think um, so. But he's in some other like random TV shows. But so wait, Jess, you think it's boring, Lena and Costas? I think it was just, like, very unrealistic. Kind of like Romeo and Juliet-esque. Exactly. Yeah, family's boring. Okay, this doesn't really happen. (laughs) Fair. Viv, do you have any opinions on this relationship? Yeah, it's very fluffy. I mean, you guys, I feel like you guys are... (laughs) Okay, Michelle loves this relationship. (laughs) Tell us more about what you like. Well, I mean, when you're 16, that's what a relationship is, isn't it? Like, you see each other, you're like, oh, he's hot, she's hot, let me explore this, and it's, like, one really great conversation, and you're like, I think this is it, I think this may be love. I mean, I didn't meet any, like, hot Europeans when I was 16 (laughs) and go on their boats, or, like, drive around on their mopeds. I think, um... (laughs) I think at that time, I was just like, yeah, this seems like a natural fit. It makes sense. I mean, it's, they complement each other well in the sense that he's like a fisherman, right? Like he is born and raised there and Lena's very privileged. Like she, you know, goes to visit her family and like they probably would never cross paths otherwise. And, and so in that regard, they're like, their lives are very like polarized, because they would probably yeah. never meet in a world mm-hmm. otherwise. It is very much like a fantasy yeah. relationship and has like no grounds in like what actual relationships are like. Again, fair. But I think when you're 16, <laughs> you have an idea what a relationship oh, yeah. is and then yeah. it's not. I mean, yeah. And yeah. I also, I do think he's good for her though. You know, like she's this really shy young girl and he kind of helps her break out of this and be a little bit more willing to stand up for herself and speak mm-hmm. up to her grandparents and being like, I don't care what you think. I love this boy. So I, as the kids would say, I ship them. I ship Lena and Costas <laughs> as much as you guys don't seem okay. to be. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what was that verb that you used? I what? I ship them. Ship. 
S-H-I-P. Go ask your younger Oh, yes. Sibling. I feel so young <laughs> now, babe. I Thank feel you. so old. <laughs> um, so what are some of your favorite scenes? I actually, speaking of Lena and Costas, I actually do like that one scene where she, it's Rachel Yamagata's song is playing in the background and she like decides to go after him and they're on that moped. I, it's just a very romantic scene. I think my favorite scene is probably uh, one we talked about where um, Tibby and Carmen go to Bridget's house and she's really sad and it's like the first time you see that she's really sad. And it's like this quiet moment that they have together and you really feel like the strength of their friendship as they're like helping her through that like tough time and trying to figure out how to cope with her mom's death. Mm -hmm. I think that was definitely my favorite. Yeah. Followed by quickly by my least favorite scene. Okay. Which was when she like when Bridget like lost her dog and then like was looking for the dog in the streets and then that guy shows Mm, up. Eric. And I was like, yeah, I was like, wait, what? How does he know where she lives? Yeah. He is nowhere close to Colombia where he says he's driving from and they met in Mexico. This makes zero sense to me. And he came by just for them to be like yeah, we hooked up, but like, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. That was a little bit of a reach. Absolutely. I do love that scene with the, the pizza sleepover scene that you're talking about. It's really sweet, very emotional. The other really emotional scene I think we also mentioned earlier is Carmen finally being mm-hmm. able to confront her dad over the phone, who's played by Bradley Whitford. Yes. Yeah, it's a, an emotional scene. I think this is why America Ferreira wins this movie for me is... Um, I feel like she's really acting in this, you know, those are real tears and real emotions are coming out of her. And yeah, let's just talk real quick about how dumb her dad is. Oh, her dad's horrible. I don't think I realized that until like I watched it a second time. He is a garbage father. Yeah. Not (laughs) a very good dad. And I feel bad for saying that, but yeah, you don't surprise your daughter by saying, Oh, I'm getting married to this woman whom you've never heard of before and And by the way here she is here she is and you're gonna stay with us all summer yeah and she has two kids dad that's that's not not good (laughs) i actually thought like we were talking about tropes earlier like there's actually quite a few weak male characters i think the movie represents Mm. like carmen's dad is one of them you know bridget's dad Mm. for lack of a better term is just like an absent father and then, oh. yeah, I don't, I, they don't touch. And then like Tibby doesn't have a dad or you don't, you never see him in the picture. Right. But I was like, as I was like, just thinking about relationships and family dynamics, I was like, huh, there's not really any strong male character in the movie. Yeah. That's a really good call out. I think to the movie's benefit, it just really highlights the strong bond between these four girls. And I think that they're all really mm-hmm. strong in their own right, which again, I think I, I was just really happy to see that. So Besides the messed up dad and Bridget running into Eric on a random street in her neighborhood, do you guys have any other WTF moments you caught here? Um, Some plot holes or unrealistic moments? I mean, I think they called it out in the beginning and it's pretty obvious, but no way can one pair of pants fit (laughs) four different people. Come on. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think just because of that sheer premise I put a lot of disbelief aside for this movie I was like oh yeah sure why not they all fit in the same pair of pants I I totally absolutely (laughs) there's no way uh Viv you have any 
I mean, it's not, yeah, the jeans one is, is a, like probably the most obvious, but like the um, Carmen's stepmom, you know, being sort of like a priss and like wanting her wedding to be a certain way. Cause like, I guess her first wedding never happened, mm. but then, like all of a sudden she's like willing to accept Carmen in her jeans standing next to her and at the altar. I'm like, yeah, probably not likely. She's probably not going to like change her personality overnight. But I'm, I'm probably mm-hmm. reading way too much into this. Gotcha. That bothered me. Good point. I also didn't really like the whole, like, Carmen's dad and the wedding storyline either. I was like, this is just weird. Like, why does she have to be the bigger person? Mm-hmm. Like, how how could she just show up the next day? Like, I don't know. I felt like there need to be more fleshing out and, like, the storyline of their relationship needed to be a little longer than, like, two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like to your point, after that phone conversation they have where Carmen confesses her feelings, I feel like her dad should have made some kind of big gesture as opposed to Carmen having to go all the way down to, I think, South Carolina for Mm -hmm. her dad's wedding. Yeah, after her friends convinced her it was the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, is it wrong for me to think like he's the one who's supposed to be the bigger person out of the relationship between a father and a daughter? (laughs) And I feel like she, in the movie, was told to be the bigger person. He doesn't really make an effort in any part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the lack of effort is what's upsetting. But I don't know. I, you know, neither of us are children of parents of divorce. So maybe there's something that we're not totally understanding in this one sense. I don't know. I mean, yeah, of course you're right, Jess, though. Like, she's definitely the bigger person in this relationship, and it's totally not fair, but I... But maybe that's just how life is Maybe it is, you know? Maybe dads or or parents just don't know how to approach the topic of divorce with their children, so they just, like, maybe don't talk about it. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. One of my WTFs was the sheer cost and time of shipping the pants back and forth to each other. (laughs) Uh, so I logistics. logistics yes like I don't know I guess maybe there was enough time for each girl to have the pants twice I think that's what ended up happening in the movie I didn't count but in my mind I was like oh it probably cost like upwards of 50 bucks to ship something from Maryland to Greece but I did a quick google yeah. search and it's actually not that expensive but in 2005 in 2005 and you're 16 <laughs> like you're yeah that is, that's true other than um Tibby no one else is making an income Mm-hmm. that's true but i think they all come from a well yes parent. it does seem like that it does seem like that but also they weren't gonna wash the pants that's disgusting can we talk about that for a second <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that one scene where like there were, there was a hole in the package and they the the guy just like how oh, tapes it up, it up. tape i was like oh my god now <laughs> it's touched like disgusting stuff in the the processing center i mean yeah absolutely and then also like bridget wearing the pants post-sex like no it needs to be washed as well before someone else wears it (laughs) let's be real and it was on the beach so it's probably a lot of sand in, in those pants yeah oh yeah but speaking of bridget and eric one of my other wtfs here is uh we know that bridget is kind of reckless to begin with Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. The amount of recklessness is a little bit astounding because it's frowned upon, right? That the soccer camp kids can't fraternize with the coaches, but Mm -hmm. she literally shows up to the cantina where there's other coaches 
And like, Mm -hmm. is this just not a like everyone's just turning a blind eye to this quote unquote relationship? How would there how is no one getting in trouble if this is not, you know, supposed to happen? Uh, I feel like they're all basically teenagers, right? I mean, yeah, yeah but, but the, like the head, the head coach was at the cantina too, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. I thought they were trying to sneak away, and she was inside the house or something. I, I don't know. It, it just it didn't make sense. Maybe they were five tequila shots in, and they were like, "Oh, who is that?" I know. I mean, really, they're only separated by like three, three years. years. I'm not condoning this at all, but like, so they were. Are wait, wait, so they are sixteen. 17. 16, 17. 16, 17. And he's in college. So Something he could like that. be 18, turning 19. It's not even just about the age, though. It's like he is technically hit her. They're not peers at the soccer camp. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's clearly stated that they're not allowed to fool around with each other. But yet, there they are. They're doing it very blatantly and openly. Let's fast forward to the ending here. What are your guys' thoughts on how this movie ends? how it ended with the four of them together very hopeful for their relationship to continue they all seem to like mature in some way too like yeah like jess you were talking about carmen being the bigger person when her dad should have been the bigger person but i kind of think like all four characters did sort of develop in their maturity over the course of the summer yeah yeah, they had all had like some self realization and like mm-hmm. growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everyone gets closure in their own way. Yeah, um, I did think the like voiceover was incredibly cheesy, like uh-huh. together and apart or something like they like that that they say at the end. But yeah, I thought it was re- very appropriate for this movie. I did wonder if like them being at Carmen's dad's wedding as the last scene, like, was that significant? How so? I don't know. I guess because it ended there, I was like, wait, what does that mean? This was the main, like, conflict Mm. that we were supposed to be paying attention to? Was it Carmen's story that was, like, the central story? Mm. Or maybe I'm just thinking too deeply into Uh, it. No, I think that's an interesting point because at the beginning of the movie, Carmen's the narrator. No one else is narrating yeah. it too. So, and also, I think after oh, yeah, you ever watch the second movie, Carmen is mm-hmm. the writer of the group. So, yeah, it makes sense that Carmen would start off the movie and maybe end with the movie. But in terms of the storyline with her being at her dad's place, I didn't really put much thought into that. But interesting point. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about how this is not a rom com and how this movie really mm-hmm. centers on these friendships, but. I mean, I guess I can't really ask these questions because, uh, Jess, you haven't seen the second movie. Do you know? Well, I know now. I now know one of them's dead. <laughs> well, she doesn't die Gosh. in the second one. <laughs> the second movie, I think, is the encapsulation of books three and four. Okay. Um, so in terms of the romantic couples, there's Lena and Costas, Tibby and Brian, oh. and Bridget and Eric. Oh, I didn't realize Tibby and Brian became a thing. I thought it was like a yeah. So this is this is why like movie number two kind of moves things forward between Tibby yeah. and Brian. So I guess we can't really talk about if these characters stay together. Well, what about the um the four the four sisters? Do you think they'll stay together? The girls, the friends. Yeah, minus the one who dies in book five. <laughs> well, let's pretend. <laughs> that we don't know about the books, I guess. 
You're saying like in a realistic world, do these four girls stay friends? Yes. Hmm. I I think they might. I actually, when I was when I was like thinking about that question, I think Bridget was like so in her own head and like she was so aggressive that I could see her kind of drifting. Like when mm-hmm. I feel like when people are that um driven sometimes they're like they chase after the wrong things or they like just kind of fall apart i don't know i I think out of anyone it seemed like she was most likely just leave leave the group yeah leave or just drift and like surround herself with like temporary things that would hold her over interesting i can see that i admit i didn't think about this because i just Maybe because I I did some digging on how this friendship ultimately ends up. But again, the optimist in me says, yes, these girls stay friends. I don't think that they are as close and maybe as present in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. However, I am hopeful. I think that's the operative word. I have found that this movie kind of gives us a lot of hope that these friendships can last. Friendships last. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. I mean, take the three of us. We've been friends since we were... Twelve? 96. Oh my gosh. That's a long time. That's a long time ago. (laughs) I can't do the math. I can't do the math either. But yeah, we've been friends for over two decades. And I'm hopeful that we will remain so. Wow, that's crazy. I think so. 24 years. I think the longer you're friends. 24? Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh Oh my gosh. We're aging ourselves on this podcast, you guys. But it's okay. But I mean, you know, like we've all kind of moved afar from each other, mm-hmm. apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think things will change as they naturally will. But like any relationship, I think you have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There's that. I also feel like with friendships, you kind of revert back to the age or the time where you guys, where we were like closest friends. Mm. So it's like since we knew each other as kids, there's like this weird comfort and like comfort to that. I can't really explain it, but like, you know, like I would still have sleepovers with you guys and like not have a second thought about it. Yeah, I could see that. Wait, you guys, when will we have our next sleepover? Do you remember our last sleepover? Yeah, it was in no telling you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. I totally we forgot about that, that. And we all slept in the <laughs> same bed. I have a picture of the three of us in bed together. It's actually a really cute picture. I slept on the fold-out mattress. I think we tagged along because Viv had a business oh, trip, yes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we just invited yeah. ourselves over to your hotel room. Yeah, yeah. But, like, imagine doing that with someone you met in, like, your early 30s. They'd probably be like, why do you want to come sleep in my hotel bed? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. I I mean, I think there's a level of comfort, obviously, since we've known each other for so long that we can just mm-hmm. do that, sleep over and not yeah. think twice about it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Would I do that with someone I just met three years ago? Probably not. That would be awkward. They'd probably be like, well, who are you and why do you need this? <laughs> but I'm hopeful for the next time we can have a sleepover, guys. I look yeah, forward to it. Um. So I had a question. Do you guys remember the summer when you were 16 years old? Um, was this when you were in California, Michelle? For a summer? I feel like you were in California or somewhere for a summer, the whole summer. And we would all email back and forth about our very 
dramatic, quote unquote, dramatic lives in our summer. Really? Yeah. I don't remember being in California when I was 16. Maybe in college? (sighs) I was in California a lot growing up. I feel like you were in California younger. Yeah. Like you spent the summers there when you were maybe in middle school. Yeah, I think that's my memory is middle school. I would go, when Viv lived in California, I would go to California just to like visit my family, but it wouldn't be like a weeks long trip. Um, Do you remember your summer at 16? So I was really trying to remember and I was like, where, what year was this? And it's scary how things are getting so fuzzy now. But this is what I came up with is that I think when I was 16, I spent the summer in New York City. I did a study program at Columbia University. It was like a four to six week program, I think. Uh And yeah, I was, it was the first time I was parent free. It was just me and people my age in the city for a summer living in a college dorm. And it was, I think like like one of the funnest summers I'd ever have. (laughs) I don't remember you doing that, Michelle. I remember that. Yeah. Wait, did you said you do remember or you don't remember? I don't. I mean, I, I faint, faintly remember now that you bring it up that I would not have remembered. Yeah, I don't think I would have remembered it if you not brought it up. Yeah, I, I think because it was still, you know, New York and not far away from Jersey. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's where I was when uh, I was 16. Do you guys recall where you were at 16? That summer specifically? Mm-hmm. What was it between junior and senior year? I think so. Either sophomore? Yeah, either sophomore, junior, or junior, or senior. I probably played tennis and played and taught tennis. Mm. I just, I remember my summers being pretty dull, to be honest. Mine too. I'm trying to remember because I didn't have a car. Yeah, neither did I. Or I had to borrow one, yeah, if I had wanted to use it. I think this is going to make me sound really spoiled, but I think that's when my dad possibly lived in Belgium and I spent the summer in Europe. Uh, That sounds right. I do remember you went to Europe a lot Mm -hmm. in the summers. Wait, I forget I now. I was, just, I was just at my villa in my Belgian villa. <laughs> I remember those or that time where you were going to Europe a lot. Yeah. And I think I remember there was a chance we were going to move to Europe and go to international school. And I thought New Jersey was better. Oh. I was so dumb. <laughs> Never give children a say in anything. Hey, we don't know what we want. We don't. Yeah. Well, that was nice to reminisce a little bit. 16 seems so long ago. It was really, it really took a long time for me to remember where I I could have been when I was 16. Mm -hmm. It was a very long time ago. It was 20 plus years ago. Also, like we weren't emailing at 16. We weren't? I don't think think, so. I think we we had AIM. We had AIM. AOL. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but like I don't. Well, no, I must have had Gmail. Hotmail. Hotmail. Or Yahoo. Yeah. (laughs) Or Yahoo. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, this is depressing. Um, so I don't know. This movie, I think it definitely has legs. It, it's a pretty beloved movie in my opinion. But what do you guys think? Is this a popular movie? Do people love it as much as we do? I think girl, I think women who grew up with this movie and like had other close friends, I think will gravitate towards this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't think it's for the average person. Yeah, I think for the three of us and like probably people, other women our age, this movie might have meant something just because, you Mm -hmm. know, it was a specific moment in time. But yeah, to your point, like for a 
a now 25 year old girl watching this movie this probably means nothing to them yeah but i think it could mean something to like like a 13 14 year old i actually think this movie does have longevity i think it kind of touches on very timeless concepts and themes Mm -hmm. so and i didn't find anything offensive yeah while re-watching it same that's true that's a good point. So Usually I find something, but I did not find anything. So in terms of the like popularity and the belovedness of this movie, I think it's really sweet because the four actresses are genuinely friends in real life. Wow. Like I do a Hollywood like news search every day. I go to my people.coms once a day or something like that. And even today there was a story about how America, no, how Blake Lively and Amber Tamblyn were like hanging out the other day because of this movie. Aww. I did not know that. I like that. Yeah, they're genuinely friends and like they pop up on each other's social media every once in a while. Like America Ferreira, I think, posted something about 16 years ago how this movie came out and how it like changed her life with these four girls or these three other girls. And I, I yeah. just because of that, I find it to be really sweet because it kind of translated off screen where these characters, you know, we ask the question like, can they stay friends or are they going to be mm-hmm. friends? And like, these actresses have remained friends all these years. Mm-hmm. That is very sweet. And they all have like kids and families of their own now, right? I think. Yeah. So another part of my trivia is that, so Blake Lively has a few kids with Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she has kind of unofficially named these three other women as the unofficial godmother. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's really sweet. I think that's why I have like a really soft spot for this movie is that it has proven in real life that you can remain friends despite being maybe so Mm -hmm. different from each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But okay, yeah. So some other trivia I have here is that this is the film debut of Blake Lively. Oh, her first one. Yeah, film debut. I I did not. Maybe she did other things before, but yeah, first film. Blake Lively's dad in this movie is played by her real dad in real life. Oh, I think I did read that. That's cute. His name is Ernie Lively. I did not know that. Okay. Oh, and he passed away recently, didn't he? He did. I just looked it up. He passed away oh. in the summer of 21. I do remember that. Sad. Yeah. According to the director, Hilary Duff was interested in playing the role of Tibby. What? Oh. That's very interesting. But she's too perky. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't see it. I think Amber Tamblyn was yeah. good. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, she's Hillary too Duff, happy. I, yeah, she screams too Disney. Um, yeah. at this point, I yeah. think, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but just not, not for this role. Yeah, that's all the trivia I have here. But I guess we can wrap it up. I'm sad because this has Aww. been really fun talking to you guys. But do you have any last thoughts or last takes before we sign off? Friendships are great. That's my take. <laughs> Friendships are great. Yes. She go to Greece and try to relive Lena's life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should all just go to Greece. Yeah. Let's do it. A friend trip to Greece would be like a dream. Like if we could all accommodate schedules and have the time and resources to do so. Oh, my goodness. That would be amazing. But I probably won't be talking about Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants Part 2 on the podcast. But... <laughs> Jess, since you haven't seen it, I guess no thoughts. But Viv, any quick thoughts on part two? I have one distinct memory and it's going to ruin it for your listeners (laughs) and Jess. (laughs) Wait, really? Should I give it away? Yeah. 
Okay, spoiler alert. Doesn't Costos get married in the second one? Yes. He gets like it's married. an arranged marriage, right? So he gets married oh. because the girl is pregnant. Oh, snap. But then, fast forward, the girl actually lied about her pregnancy, and Costas breaks up with her or annuls the marriage or something. Drama. I forgot and about all this. Costas still has, like, he still has a light burning for Lena, comes back to Lena, oh. and they find their way back to each other. Aw. Wait, so does that mean you guys liked it better than um, the first one? I like this one more, the first one. Yeah, I think okay. me too. The second one was good in the sense that it kind of further shows how different these girls are and their different paths in life, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, does Carmen's garbage father get any better? <laughs> <laughs> Carmen's dad is not in the second one. Oh, Her mom remarries someone. Basically, yeah, maybe yeah, we sh- you guys should do a rewatch of the second. I don't think it warrants a conversation here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we could have our own offline conversation about it. Okay, sounds good. In Greece. In Greece, yes. Yes. Uh, but I will end with this, is that there's apparently a third movie in the works. It's what? been in the works for a very long time. It'll be mm. the last book, which, as I mentioned, is kind of a sad ending. Um but we'll see what happens. I think they've been shopping around a script and I think all the actors are like totally down to do the movie, but it's just, you know, Hollywood, you gotta yeah. have a script mm-hmm. and studio and money and all that stuff. Oh, and all their careers really took off after this. Um, yeah. 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 They might be wanting more money to do so. So who knows how yeah. that'll work out also, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I mean, it was really fun to kind of go back to 2005 and revisit being 16 years old, even though we weren't 16 in 2005. We were close. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah, thank you. I mean, friendships are important, as Jesse would say. That's that's how we'll close with this. Oh, I'm so glad we're all friends. Yeah. Same here. I love you, girls. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, love you too. (laughs) Love you guys. This has been really fun. Um, We'll chat again soon. And thank you to all you listening out there. Excited to kick off season two with these girls. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And let us know what you think of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. What would you rate this on a scale from one to ten? And we'll chat with you all again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.